You're listening to Under a Pile of Books, and I'm your host, Calvin Park. Last week, we didn't have a weekly pod. I uh, got busy with some uh, personal stuff in life and and just didn't get the time to uh, record it. But this week, I'm back. I'm excited to dive in because I'm not only going to be talking about what I've read uh, this week, but I'll also go back. So I'll actually do two weeks uh, sort of in review here at the beginning of the episode because I've read a number of uh, good books and I'm in the midst of a couple of good books that I'm really enjoying and I want to get the chance to talk about them. So the first book, this goes back to uh, November 5th, 6th or whatever when I, uh, when I finished this one and uh, that is Fate of the Fallen by uh, Kel Cade. Now, uh, Fate of the Fallen is, uh, it's out now. I actually uh, read it as an ARC, uh, an advanced reader copy, but it uh, officially released on November 5th. And uh, I enjoyed this one. Uh, I've got a full review that that should be dropping very soon over on Fantasy Book Review. Uh, this one was a fun one. It did some interesting stuff uh, with tropes, in particular, sort of uh, messing around with some of like the the farm boy trope and the prophecy trope and and that kind of thing in. Uh, fantasy, of course, very common, especially in classic fantasy, for this sort of uh, farm boy or you know kitchen scullion kind of kind of character to uh, go from sort of that that very humble beginning to something more because of a prophecy or because of discovering the kindly wizard or that sort of thing. And uh, anyway, uh, Kel Cade in Fate of the Fallen really does, I think, a, a good job of sort of taking those tropes that, that kind of what you expect in classic fantasy and kind of turning it... Um, on its head. I also really enjoyed the gods in this book. I thought that uh, they were they were really interesting uh, as characters themselves, and so so that was kind of a neat thing. the The kind of the magic or the mythos there was was pretty interesting. Uh, there were a couple things that didn't quite. Uh, jive for me as much. Uh, one of those was the world building in general outside of sort of the the gods felt uh, a little vanilla to me. Uh, sort of a lot of nations and kings and castles and knights and that kind of thing, but, but, but not much real explanation or depth to the world building, at least from my perspective. And the plot also had a little bit of a tendency to meander. Um, in that way, it's actually similar to other classic fantasy, which often does tend to have a bit of a meandering plot. I'll, I'll say a little more about that uh, later on, talking about a book that I've been been reading recently. Uh, so, uh, classic fantasy does have sort of this tendency to meander a bit. So, so I can kind of understand that, given what what Kate is is trying to do here, but. Uh, I, I just it didn't didn't quite work for me. The the plot felt maybe a little too meandering, and there was especially frustrating for me. I, I felt like there was a tendency to tell rather than show when it came to character development. So a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Fate of the Fallen, but uh, I, I definitely uh, if you 
are are looking for something that sort of twists classic fantasy tropes, I think you might find a lot to like in Fate of the Fallen. I also finished uh, Dispel Illusion. And uh, Dispel Illusion is the third book in Mark Lawrence's uh, Impossible Times trilogy. And this trilogy began with One Word Kill. Uh, Then... Uh, it continued with uh, Dispel, or not, <laughs> it did not continue with Dispel Illusion. Uh, that's the third one. Uh, so it started with One Word Kill, and then continued with Limited Wish, and concluded with Dispel Illusion. And I've enjoyed all three books in this series, and Dispel Illusion, for me, just absolutely stuck the landing. Great Great book, quick read, uh, more science fiction than fantasy. It's uh, sort of a, there's a time travel plot. Uh, The first several books, or the first two books are set in the 1980s. This one, Dispel Illusion, is set in the 1990s. But we also get sort of a view of some different years in in the timeline. And I don't want to give any spoilers for either this one or the other books in the series. But... It was really enjoyable. Uh, It's five stars for me on Goodreads, uh, you know, nine out of 10. Just a great, great read. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Uh, Like I said, I feel like it it really stuck the landing. Um, The characters are the thing that to me stands out maybe more than anything else. The plot is fun and it's twisty. And if you enjoy kind of science fiction, especially time travel science fiction, you're going to find a lot to like here. But the characters are what did it for me, especially the main character, Nick Hayes. I just think he's so well crafted, so fleshed out, so relatable, uh, so real. Uh, just, Just loved it all really fun kind of discussions in this about, about memory, about uh, inevitability and, and what we might call fate or destiny and how decisions have meaning or not. Just just really cool stuff that I, I love in my science fiction and Dispel Illusion just hit kind of checked all the boxes for me. Really enjoyed it. Uh, and I think certainly if you've read the other two books in the Impossible Times trilogy, you're going to love this one. But if you haven't started the Impossible Times trilogy yet, I really highly recommend it if you enjoy science fiction. They're they're not long reads, so you can read them pretty quick and uh, just enjoy them. Uh, I loved One Word Kill when it came out. Uh, back in April, May of this year, and then Limited Wish uh, came out soon after that, and now Dispel Illusion has just released an ebook. Has just released this past week on the fourteenth. It will actually release in a physical copy, a physical version, uh, in December. So you can read the ebook now. If you want the physical, you have to wait uh, another month or so. But highly recommended. You should go check this one out if you enjoy uh, science fiction at all. Uh, I think you'll like it. If you're a fan of D&D as I am, uh, there there's also uh, a lot to like uh, from that perspective as well. The main characters um, have uh, D&D games that that play a role in in the plot and that's that's all I'll I'll kind of say about that. 
The third book I finished over the past two weeks was one that kind of popped up uh, suddenly on my TBR, and I just decided to go ahead and uh, jump on, jump in and read it. This was, uh, I think it was actually, I saw a post by J.C. Kang, if I am remembering correctly, about progression fantasy cultivation stories. And cultivation, the cultivation genre is probably more commonly seen in like web serials than in sort of your typical novels. But cultivation, the cultivation subgenre is where the magic is really about someone cultivating their inner life, their inner energy, sometimes their, their own personhood or, or, or personality to some extent. Uh, and by cultivating this, they become more powerful. They, so they cultivate their spirit, they cultivate their energy, and this allows them to typically through martial arts sorts of, of things to uh, gain greater mastery of themselves and of their spiritual energy so that they're able to do more impressive, uh, stronger magic. And again, the magic tends to have a link to uh, the martial arts. So a very great example of cultivation fantasy would be uh, the Cradle series by Will White. Well, uh, J.C. Kang uh, posted about a couple different uh, series that he's uh, enjoyed or or at least has enjoyed the first book in or, or has heard of and wants to start himself. And so... Uh, there was one that he mentioned called Darkening Skies, which is book one of The Path of the Thunderbird. And this series is by Eden Hudson. Uh, Hudson. Uh, that's Eden, H-U-D-S-O-N, uh, Hudson. And I really enjoyed this one. Uh, a lot of fun. Cultivation story. Uh, sort of a... Uh, it's secondary world fantasy, but it definitely has a kind of a, a Chinese uh, flair to the world building. It's uh, very cool martial arts, magic, uh, cultivation. There is, for those of you who sort of enjoy uh, slow burn uh, romances, there is a bit of that in here. It's uh, the demon beasts uh, just... Just it's just a lot of great stuff. Where if you enjoy Ciancia, I think this will probably have a lot for you to like. And if you haven't really checked out Ciancia as a genre, if you haven't really read any cultivation stuff, uh, I don't know how it's possible because I've been telling you to go read Cradle for months, uh, longer than that. So go read Will Wright's uh, Cradle stuff, but also consider Path of the Thunderbird by Eden Hudson. Uh, this series, I've only read the first book, Darkening Skies, but I, I enjoyed it, and uh, I plan to go on to the second book, which I believe is called Stone Soul, uh, very soon. Uh, I don't know exactly when I'll get to it, but but I've enjoyed the first one enough that I'm, I'm definitely going to be going on to the second one. So I liked this one, uh, a lot of fun, and uh, you should definitely check it out. I also began reading this week Popper's Empire, and Popper's Empire is the second book in Levi Jacobs' 
Resonant Saga series. And so this, this is the book that comes after Beggar's Rebellion. Now, Beggar's Rebellion is now officially a finalist in Spiffbo. And I've talked about Beggar's Rebellion before. I really enjoyed it. You should go check it out. A great story. So far, I'm only maybe 10, 15% into Popper's Empire, the second book, but I have enjoyed it so far. And uh, I look forward to seeing where the story goes from here. So you'll hear more about this one uh, next week because I'll, I'll, I plan to finish it uh, this coming week. I've also been reading Dragons of Autumn Twilight. So this is, I'm doing the Dragons of Autumn Twilight read-along with uh, Jason over at Off the TBR and a bunch of other great folks. Uh, we have a Goodreads group and, and uh, we're talking about the book and I'm, I'm having a really good time with it. It's great to sink back into this classic. So uh, I'm, I'm, it'll take me the whole month to read this, but I, but I have been reading it. And one thing uh, that I've been actually two two things that kind of have jumped out at me so far, and, I, and I've talked a little bit about about these with some of the other people doing the read along, but uh, a couple things have jumped out. One is just how wonderful, really, the character work is, and especially. Uh, the character work in terms of really their inner motivations. We have a character in Dragons of Autumn Twilight that struggles with depression, right? That 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 has that uh, arguably maybe in, in some ways more than one uh, character who who has a battle with with depression. Uh, there are. Uh, Obviously, characters who each of these characters has a fleshed-out backstory and has uh, motivations and, and and everything. And I'm just I'm struck by how much that comes out, even in the first twenty chapters of the book. There's also something uh, that that I thought was interesting is uh, as I'm as I'm kind of getting back into this, it's been. A very long time since I've reread these, and uh, Dragon uh, Dragons of Autumn Twilight has kind of shown me and reminded me of just how meandering the plot can be in classic fantasy. And it's not necessarily a criticism; it's not necessarily a bad thing in it. But um, it, the, the the plot does kind of meander a bit as they go on these different adventures and from one area to the next, and they're not quite sure what their goals are. Uh, initially, you know, they have to kind of figure that out. That's part of the adventure is they're figuring out what the adventure really is. So that, that's kind of, again, it, it's, it feels different from modern fantasy, not necessarily a bad thing, but it's, uh, it, it's been enjoyable. It's, it's like uh, getting together with an old friend that you haven't talked to in a while and you suddenly decide you're both in the same town. You're going to go grab coffee or something. And that that's what it feels like for me to get back into the dragons of autumn twilight. So I have, uh, have been enjoying that. I'll, I'll have more to say in coming weeks, no doubt, uh, as I continue reading that. So, uh, in terms of what I'll be reading this coming week, it's really those last two books that I mentioned. I'll be finishing Popper's empire. I will be continuing the dragons of autumn twilight read along and, I would like to get to another book and, uh, and hopefully finish another, another novel this coming week, but I'm not sure which one that will be. I've got quite a few on my TBR 
that uh, that are kind of at the top that I'm interested in starting. And I also have a request in at my local library for a physical book. And so I don't know when that will come in, but if that comes in this week, then that will obviously be the one I start. So a little bit of a mystery. We'll see, we'll see where I am next week, but definitely I will, uh, I'll, complete Pauper's Empire this week and continue reading the Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Upcoming releases uh, this week, the one that is probably most on my radar is Spit and Song by Travis M. Riddle. If you did not get the chance to listen to my interview with Travis that dropped earlier this week, definitely uh, go do that if you if you haven't had the opportunity already. Travis was great to have on. I had a great time talking to him, and we had a discussion about some of the things that he uh, – kind of brought forth some of his inspiration for this novel spit and song we talked about some of his other novels as well i've really enjoyed travis's stuff and i think you will too spit and song is uh, a fun one i've i've talked about it a bit already on other podcasts so just know it releases officially this coming week and if you haven't already pre-ordered it you should go and do that uh or just go pick it up when it releases uh, this this coming week on the 19th, I believe it is. So uh, definitely check out Spit and Song by Travis Riddle. All right, in the news, the big item uh, for me this week has been obviously uh, Disney Plus uh, officially opened for business and one of their original series uh, to to start off their offering is The Mandalorian, which is set in the Star Wars universe. This, uh, I've watched the first episode. I'll be watching the second one soon. And the first one definitely intrigued me. Uh, I thought it was uh, well done. It felt like uh, Star Wars, but yet felt different from the movies to some extent. And this may just be because there's no, there aren't Jedi swinging lightsabers, uh, but it felt a little bit like uh, Rogue One, which is a Star Wars movie that I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, in fact, it may be of the new era Star Wars movies, the, the movies that have been made since Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm. Uh, I think that Rogue One is probably my favorite. I really enjoyed it. And The Mandalorian has that kind of a feel to it. So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. The first episode has a great hook, ends on a bit of a cliffhanger and uh, a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to moving on to the second episode. And uh, so far, this this one's seeming, uh, seeming like it's it's going to be one I enjoy. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out across uh, however many episodes are here in the first season. I'm not actually sure how many there'll be. Which, can I just say, as a complete aside that has nothing to do with science fiction or fantasy, that it feels really weird for a streaming service to be releasing episodes uh, like once a week. I'm used to Netflix drop all the episodes and let me binge it over the course of a couple days. So this definitely feels weird. Um, maybe the idea is it's going to keep these things in the conversation longer. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it definitely, it feels weird. I'm used to binging stuff and uh, I cannot do that with the Mandalorian. So, uh, but it's definitely interesting. Uh, this, even just the first episode has me intrigued enough that I have, uh, some hope for the uh, announced Obi-Wan uh, Disney Plus series that's supposed to come out. So I'm probably more interested in that one than I am in The Mandalorian just as a concept. But 
and that's largely just because I, I watch Star Wars for the lightsabers. So that's just me. That's just my take. Uh, but the Mandalorian, like I said, first episode was good, interesting, intriguing. I'm very interested to see where it goes from here. So that is about all I have for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everyone who has shared and uh, who continues to send in ideas for uh, roundtables or, or interviews you'd like to see or topics you'd like to uh, see tackled. Please continue doing that. You can uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter, shoot me a direct message uh, or mention me or whatever uh, at cpark2005 on there. And uh, you can also, of course, find me on Goodreads or on Reddit. All my, across all social media, my, my username is cpark2005. So uh, find me and uh, talk to me, give me suggestions, let me know what you would like to see or hear uh, on the podcast. And I really appreciate all the support uh, that I've received and all the encouragement you guys have given me. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week.